Welcome to Nobody Asked Our Opinion, a podcast where two complete fools sit down and talk about all things pop culture. Uh, this fool is Joanna. And this fool is Jonathan. Woo! Um, I, almost, I almost fucked up my name. <laughs> and that is why we're fools. Like, I'm just, like, I don't know. I'm used to hearing that intro and then JJ. And I was like, wait, I'm not JJ, though. You're... Do I say his name or my name? <laughs> Whose name do I say now? I don't know. Who am I? I've done this before. <laughs> Existential crisis. Um, peak moments. Um, obviously, or maybe not obviously, <laughs> JJ's not with us. Um, JJ um, had the unfortunate... Uh, happenings of the fact that we all live in Sacramento but JJ lives on the grid and um his apartment um their whole building does not have power today nor will it have power possibly tomorrow so he's getting set up at a hotel with his boyfriend and his dogs and I'm like do you you go deal with that and I'll just call Jonathan he's like that'd be better be much better because I don't know what what we're doing and I was like that's fair so um Put all your... Hey, you know what a shitty electric company is? Huh? Pacific Gas and Electric. (laughs) Fingers crossed there's no fire because we're in California. (sighs) So for us, our... For us in particular, we're on a different network. I mean, well, because I figured that he would be on the... On SMUD. On SMUD, yeah. No, I guess not. So, yeah, his whole building doesn't have power and uh, downtown's having struggles. And um, I think I saw online that like something like blew up. Something went boom in Midtown and nothing. Oh, I also heard there was an avalanche. Hey, guys, we're hurting in California. <laughs> like, I'm not like, and again, I didn't look. So I, I, I work. I work in a newsroom. But when I'm when I'm off, when it's not like a day that i'm doing my job if i see uh, no matter how compelling the news is i will ignore it so when i saw that they did like a breaking news uh uh broadcast to the sacramento area about an avalanche that seems like maybe i would have been compelled to look into it but listeners i did not (laughs) i'll find out tomorrow when you're getting paid i'm working (laughs) Yes, you have to, it could be happening right outside my door in my community, but if you're not paying me, I'm not going to research it. I'm not going to lie, it was like pulling teeth just to get them to read the articles that we have for our news coverage today. (laughs) You mean I gotta look at this? Fine. Um, But you are Uh... doing it for, for, for the love of work. Hey, hey, listeners, get us more listeners so I can pay Jonathan more money. <laughs> um, that'd be nice. But I guess we'll get into uh, get into this news gig. Um, we got some things to talk about. Um, so, uh, Daniel Craig has stepped away from James Bond. Um, I feel like he's said that at least four times. 
And I've believed him every time, and I believe him this time. I mean, um, there's really no room for him to come back at the end of this last one. Um, because they did something unprecedented for a James Bond movie, and they killed James Bond. Like, like he dead. Yeah, well. Although we didn't see a body, so it's not really... they did it at really the beginning of Skyfall, too. Yeah, but this one, like, they tried to... Like, it seemed like it was, like, a finale thing. I don't know. He could come back, but... Um, Allegedly, he's not James Bond anymore. And uh, because he's not going to be James Bond anymore, we got to find new James Bond. And everybody's been like, hey, yo, you know who should be James Bond? A woman. And um, the producer of James Bond, who is a woman, her name is Barbara. Uh, Barbara has said, um, no, we're not going to do that. Because um, we want to have a, uh, oh, she said that we're, they, they would rather make a more interesting role for a woman than cast a woman as James Bond. And I'm like, that makes sense. Even though they kind of did have a woman playing James Bond in this last movie also. But she wasn't really James Bond. She was 007. Um, but, point. But, uh. Yeah, so they're, they want James Bond to stay British, stay a man, and to be any ethnicity out there. And I'm like, work. You do that. I'm also not super invested in James Bond, so it's kind of whatever for me at this point. Um, I was, I was, like, every time they suggest Idris Elba, I'm excited. Idris Elba's too old to be James Bond. No one's too old to be James Bond. For the longevity of how many, like, to do, I feel like Idris Elba has, like, Idris Elba, like, five or six years ago? Absolutely. Um, But I feel like for, like, a duration, I don't know. I think, like, you need somebody a little bit younger because James Bond is, like, I don't know, supposed to be, like, this young, young man. I mean, if they said, like, oh, no, Idris Elba's doing it, I'm like, cool. You got to make those movies quick. Yeah, then. I think he's I think he's tied up in other projects at the moment. Actually. He's doing a lot of stuff right now. Um, <laughs> and we'll talk more about we'll that later. About it later. <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, but uh, like some of these. So some of the ones that are in this article that people are kind of have been throwing out a lot, like people have been saying Henry Cavill. And I'm like, meh. Uh, Tom Hardy. I'm like, meh. And then Idris Elba's on here. Um, Idris Elba's busy. Um, Richard Madden, which I'm like, hmm. But the one I'm actually excited to see, like, I would love to see Henry Golding as James Bond. I think he has the charisma okay, to pull yeah. it off. I think because he's a very charismatic young man. He's very attractive. He's, um, and he's a really good actor. And I feel like I would believe him. I think it would be hilarious to watch Adam Driver try. <laughs> Just imagine Adam Driver as <laughs> James Bond. Oh, I love that. Although, oh, no, I'm thinking, sorry, because, um, so we're going to talk about Doctor Who later, because that's what we do when we're together on this podcast. But I was thinking, it's like, wh- yeah. like, why is Rupert Grint's name popping up to me? But that's because everybody, people have been saying for a long time they want to see Rupert Grint be the doctor. Um, and I'm like, no, let's make Rupert Grint. James Bond, that would be hysterical. Yeah, no, yeah, just do a joke, James Bond. <laughs> I love this. 
Uh, where like it would be, wouldn't it be really funny if X was was uh, was supposed to be believed as the gentleman spy? <sighs> but I don't know. I think we. I think the guy who played uh, Kang in Loki and Jonathan Ant Man and the yeah uh, yeah uh, Jonathan Majors. <laughs> yeah, I think he. Could do well. He'd be delightful too. I think he's very he's very talented. Um, I think he might be a better Q actually, from thinking of James Bond characters, because he's very uh, he would be fantastic in like a scene, just excited about all the you know watch bombs and shit. Yeah, well, and he's he's very expressive. I think like as a person, so I think that doesn't translate as well into James Bond. Yeah, I'm thinking of somebody else, but I can't remember their name. Uh, shoot, I'm on a computer. I could just look it up. Uh, but now I can't remember the name of that movie. What's the name of that movie where they have, like, uh, the guy's, like, a phone operator, and he has just a white person voice that he uses, and it's just, like, uh, David Cross as the voice phone operator i sound like an insane person <laughs> sorry to bother you is the name of the movie okay D- do not ask what i typed into google to get that to pop up. i don't want to lakeith stanfield lakeith stanfield would would be a great james bond i think oh yeah i do like him i'm like who is this man he was in was he who's in knives out yes I think? he was um And he was in the American adaptation of Death Note, <laughs> which I think I'm the only one I know who liked that. You're the only one I know who saw that. Uh, well, I, I know more anime nerds than you do. That's also fair. Um, oh, yeah. No, he's had a great... He was in um, Get Out. Um, no, he would be a great choice also. Do we talk specifically about the point of the article, which was that James Bond won't be a woman because women should have their own, like, spy characters to play? Like, we should just make different, like, IPs for women so that it's not just, like, here's a gender-bended male character? Yeah, that was the the opening point that I made. But, yeah, we can okay. hammer that back in again. Cool, cool, cool. Is that um, just, when, women should... Let's just loop that back around before we just start naming actors for... <laughs> 10 minutes oh yeah because there's plenty of great female actors but they do need to have we should be writing better female parts um which i think in this last james bond film we did as far as like the female characters that were in the james bond movie actually felt like full realized characters as opposed to just being like you know bond girls oh for sure yeah that was always i mean the reason that's a trope at all is kind of a terrible thing i mean because it's just a big sexist trope yeah but um let there be more parts for women yeah i, I could have sworn when we were in the theater last we saw a trailer for some female driven spy movie wasn't it that i can't remember any other details about because i'm because uh, i'm sexist the last female driven spy movie i remember was spy movie I think it was, and it was, it was, was called Spy Movie. 
Wasn't it just Spy? Or it might have been Spy. Yeah, with Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, and Rose Byrne. <laughs> yeah. But that was like a parody of a spy I enjoyed movie. enjoyed that one. It was actually really well done, well, though. Well, it's that, uh, anytime that director does a movie, it's basically just a genre parody of, uh, that, like, movie taken seriously. So it's his, his spy thriller was a comedy flip on, like, every spy, like, movie that exists. He, he did, uh, was it Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. Um, which was also basically a, a genre flip comedy on every buddy cop movie. Yes. And they needed the Ghostbusters, which was a genre. Well, everybody was mad about it because they thought it was going to be a Ghostbusters movie. But like the guy does one thing and he does it well. And so it was a genre flip comedy on every sci-fi trope. Yeah. Anyway, what else, what else were we talking about? Um, in other news, um, so, uh, Michael uh, Nesmith of The Monkees passed away this week at age 78. And, you know, that's sad. I mean, it's... (laughs) I sound really, like, detached from it. And I am a little bit because, like, I wasn't, like, the biggest Monkees fan. I mean, nobody's up to date. Nobody's currently watching Monkees content, like, and being a huge fan. It's definitely something that you experienced... A long time ago. I mean, like, it was part of my uh, childhood. I used to watch it after school. Um, not even after school. It was when I was homesick from school. And it was only when uh, the antenna was facing the right direction on my TV to get this random in-between station that would show uh, the monkeys and the Partridge family in the middle of the afternoon when it wasn't showing Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah, I remember my mom would watch. Yeah, she would. I think I would be there while she was watching. I don't know if I was paying attention a lot, uh, but it was like she doesn't enjoy much TV, but she would sing along to the theme song of that of that show. So it seemed like it was more important than literally anything else that she would just have on in the background while she was like doing whatever whatever she was doing next to the TV. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's sad. And I mean, the monkeys did uh, record some, they recorded some bops. Like, I mean. Yeah. Uh, you ever seen a hit movie Shrek? I was going to say, I'm a believer. That was originally a monkey song. Yeah. Um, Like, and their theme song was like super catchy too. Like their music wasn't anything mm-hmm. like deep or, uh, you know, no, like earth. It doesn't sh- have to be. Music doesn't have to be. Deep. Well, no, it was never anything deep or earth shattering, but it was. It was. Yeah, fun. it was fun and it was poppy. And you're like, yeah. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. You're like, yeah, you are. And you monkey around um, and you do silly adventures on your TV show. Um, I don't know. They made me smile and it said that he died. I agree. I was also sad to find that out. Although I did not, I think I heard about Anne Rice this week, but I didn't hear about Michael Nesmith. Oh yeah, I forgot Anne Rice died. Until also. we sat down to record <laughs> this. Yeah, but I was also not a. I'm not a huge vampire reader, so. 
I didn't read a lot of Anne Rice, Anne Rice, but like, I mean, obviously everybody's heard of Interview with the Vampire. Like that was a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. It sparked a big movie. So um, she did like revolutionize the genre of vampire novels and such things. Yeah. Until uh, the mid 2000s. <laughs> I swear to God, if you make a Twilight reference, <laughs> how very dare you? <laughs> when it was, when it was, when it was revolutionized again. You should be ashamed uh, of yourself. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you're like, nope. I'm... That was a good bit. You're like, you're, you're laughing. You're like, I'm proud of that joke. God damn it. We're all having a good time. <laughs> uh, you, you know, who's not having a good time. Cause he's dead. <laughs> God, if, if that was a call, like a wrap back around to the monkeys, that'd be terrible. But I'm talking about Hugh Hefner. Obviously. Obviously, because we are not monsters here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh! you're going to have fun listening to this one again. <laughs> Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Hugh Hefner, most notable for dying and taking down the protective shield that protected creepy men in Hollywood from abusing women. Uh, c- could not protect himself from beyond the grave. Um. Yeah, um, former... Oh, that's my hot take about Hugh Hefner, is death. Is because that's basically when... I feel like that was the, the turning point for, like, the Me Too movement and, like, Harvey Weinstein yeah. shit. Um, no, you're not wrong. Um, but our article comes to... Um, so Hugh Hefner's um, ex-girlfriend, uh, former playmate, uh, Holly Madison... Um, is going to be part of a, uh, what is it? An A&E, uh, yeah, an A&E, uh, docuseries called Secrets of Playboy, where she's going to delve into, uh, the gross mistreatment of women in the Playboy Mansion that we're all very surprised to hear was happening at the Playboy Mansion, said nobody ever. Yeah. I, for one, cannot believe that any untoured behavior was happening at the Playboy Mansion. <sighs> but, um... That's sarcasm. I, I absolutely believe it. Um, <laughs> it's like, in case you didn't notice, that was sarcasm. Uh, no, it's... I don't want to, I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> If we're going to get canceled, it'll not be because of this. We have plenty of other things to cancel us, my friend. Yeah, it's true. Um, But uh, so Holly Madison um, is going to be recounting um, a lot of times that have where she has felt uh, isolated, degraded. She refers to uh, her relationship as being a... uh, uh, a direct result of Stockholm syndrome. And uh, she has spent times uh, living in the Playboy Mansion feeling suicidal, feeling like she had a loss of identity and said that many of the girls um, herself included at times were um, upon her first meeting of Hugh Hefner. She was offered hard drugs and, uh, as a way to, um, I think Hugh Hefner referred to them as leg openers. 
to uh, loosen up the girls so they could have uh, massive amounts of sex and not be completely lucid for it because they had tons of quaaludes. Yeah, we don't treat women very well, historically, and presently, and probably for a great deal of time in the future. I'm sorry. On behalf of men, Jonathan apologizes. And you know what? Thank you. On behalf of women, we say thank you and do better. <laughs> if, if, I could, if I could fix it, I'd try. But it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm laughing because it's one of those things that's just so deliriously out of your depth that, uh, I mean, it's, it's such a hopeless endeavor to try and, and it's, 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 it's pathetic to think that the, the minimum we can hope for is to like not treat women like animals or ob like, like, you know, I mean, and yeah. Like the fact that I don't have any confidence that we'll make it to there to that low bar, uh, is like is is I don't know I you I I can't do anything but laugh. I mean it's uh, it's it's sad and it's it's one of those things that also is that this woman was clearly suffering and dealt with it had to deal with all this but she also had to deal with this in a very public eye because she was on the uh uh that tv show that was on like vh1 or something like that that was like about her and like two other girlfriends of hugh hefner and their life in the playboy mansion and i'm like how do you deal with all of that pressure on top of being filmed for a reality tv show yeah um so uh, she also she does have a book out that she had released uh, back in, I think, 2015 about uh, uh, I think it's called like Confessions of a Former Playmate. And so um, I don't know. I think that I a huge applause to and snaps to Holly for uh, coming forward and being able to talk openly about what she's gone through and. Uh, big applause for everybody who was uh, who was coming forth and I guess keep an eye out for this docuseries. Um, I didn't see a date released for it. Yeah. I hope, I mean, I hope it helps somebody. That's the best I can, you know, hope for. In some, in some lighter news. I don't know if you catch the uh, weekly late night program uh, you may have you may have heard of it Saturday Night Live. Oh, that little indie show. I hope it takes off. Yeah. Uh, I f I finally feel old watching it because there's like a new group of three dudes making digital shorts, and it's not the Lonely Island. Because members of the Lonely Island are like headlining and producing like major TV shows and motion pictures. <laughs> So they're not making dumb video shorts on the internet anymore. Hysterical. And I'm like, wow, for some kids, these guys, this is their lonely island. <laughs> uh, but specifically, I guess something that I saw on SNL uh, was Billie Eilish hosted and sang over the weekend. Uh, 
and sometimes when SNL does like something that's that's a real like with the youth culture they completely miss the mark and it's like awkward and weird and not funny at all and it doesn't really appeal generally across the board but they absolutely nailed it over the weekend with a sketch called TikTok which perfectly encapsulates the sort of uh mental psychological journey that you take every time you open and scroll through that app so if you know you know if you like if you've scrolled through tiktok you know exactly you're gonna watch it and you're you, like all of those the things you see will have happened to you and if you don't know and you watch it you'll you'll understand why we're all crazy <laughs> so um famously i don't really tiktok a whole lot um i don't sit down and scroll for hours and hours of time just being like I'm going to go through the TikToks today I don't do that I open TikTok when there are enough little numbers in the corner saying uh, suggestions for me to look at things that my OCD goes I need those little numbers not to be there so I'll open the app and I'll scroll through some things to make it stop having numbers in the corner Um, and I'll scroll through a few things and been like those are things that are on TikTok every once in a while in my like eight minutes of TikTok time that I give myself every few days, I will see something and I'll share it with friends. Otherwise, I'm like, cool, that was TikTok. But even I understood a lot of these references because somehow even I have scrolled through and been like, oh, I understand all of this. Or I've had enough people like Jonathan or JJ's boyfriend Shane send uh, send me text messages to be like, this is a TikTok you need to see. Yeah, and if you haven't seen the exact thing that it's parodying, like some some of them were shot for shot remakes of like famous TikToks, you've seen something similar. Yeah. Um, and the best part for this whole thing is that all of the like all of the cast members that were recreating like the TikToks for long like that you hung out on longer than like a like a couple seconds of it scrolling through had like a through storyline. And it was hysterical that they all like you did. Yeah, solid writing. <laughs> really captured uh, a bit of culture that, you know, probably, I don't know. I know that you, you probably don't quite understand. I'm, And I felt it on a really deep level. <laughs> and I'm, that's also where I'm now at the point to where I'm like, oh, is Saturday Night Live not for me anymore? Am I am I old? <laughs> am I old? It's true. Yeah. Um yeah, no. So like I'm having a slight like existential old crisis. I mean, one of my students today was really excited. We we're talking about the Spider-Man movie coming up and he told me that uh, Andrew Garfield was his Spider-Man because those movies were coming out when he was a kid. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> Okay. Oh. He wasn't born. Wow. He wasn't born when the uh when the original Raimi Spider-Man came out. This child is 17 wow. years old. That's right. Is in a, an adult child who was born after 9/11. Yep. Not an adult child. That doesn't make any sense. And a near, a near adult, adult child. He is 17 like, years old. He is a senior at the school I work at. And he was like. Even several adults currently who exist. Yeah. 
were born after. Like, that's crazy to me. I'm like, I was like 14 when Spider the first Spider-Man movie came out. I remember seeing it in the theaters. I also remember seeing it in the theaters. That was a good time. We should recreate it this week uh, by going to see Spider-Man in the theaters. We're going to be recreating it even closer than you than you know, because we're sitting in like the third row because that's the only spot I can get. The furthest away from the screen I can get with three seats together. Oh my goodness. And when I saw the first Spider-Man movie, I had to sit in the front row um, although I was separated from my aunt because we went to see it together and there was no seats together by the time we walked into the movie theater, which was like crazy for something like a, like a Spider-Man movie. We're like, what? But everybody was there. And so I sat in the front row and she spent like a few rows back and we watched the movie and then got up and, you know, met up afterwards. And I was just like, it was, we're like, that was a really good movie, man. And I'm like, I know. Um, but yeah. Fortunately, technology has improved and seat seats now recline. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. Like, it's not even, I don't even care. I'm going to cry. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be that bad. No, it's yeah. going to be great. I'm going to cry. I can't wait. Um, oh, and we're on an aisle. So you don't even have to sit in between me and JJ. You can sit on the aisle. Woof. No feet. No feet. And I'll sit next to you and I will keep my shoes on like a sane person. You always do. <laughs> That's why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> we both We both feel very strongly about sensible <laughs> That is the that is the core if anybody who knows us knows that that's the core dynamic of this friendship. And knowing when it's appropriate to wear shoes. <laughs> uh well, I don't I don't watch Drag Race. <laughs> really? Not even yet? Which... No. <laughs> you haven't you haven't sold me on it. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite yet. Although oh, fun story about Drag Race. Um that's not even really about Drag Race. It's about my aunt who listens to every uh, episode. Um, so, hello, aunt. Hi. <laughs> um, we love you. But no, she texted me today and said, um, there was an ad in, or it was like an ad, like one of the ads in one of like the games that she was playing. She was playing like a word game. And, you know, after you play your word, you get an advertisement. And she was like, and it was like about like, a, a rose something and it was like a drag race drag race person and i was like gotta give me a little bit more content so like they're talking about clothes i'm like i know what this is there's a youtube series about drag queens is called out of the closet because they're humorous and it's about them showing off the drag clo- uh, closets and she was like oh are they like a like are they like some is that someone you've talked about and i was like it is someone we've talked about on the podcast <laughs> and she's like i'm learning <laughs> so that was a very exciting moment that um so you too in the real world can learn about drag race but not today <laughs> no today you're gonna be learning about doctor who and unfortunately you're gonna be learning about the second half of the Doctor Who season, so you may want to go back a few episodes. It's not gonna make a lot of sense. You may want to go back a couple episodes if you didn't hear about us talk about the first half of the season. But um, 
let's yeah. get into the rules of the uh, of the segment while you cue right. up the buzzer. Um, we are um, when left to our own devices. Um, really, anybody involved on this podcast can talk for hours on end about any given subject. Um, Jonathan and I just happen to be. We have been asked to leave Denny's parking lots to prove it. That is a true story. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Jonathan and I happen to be a, uh, passionate Doctor Who watchers. And so, um, since Jonathan's the guest on the podcast and, uh, JJ's not here, we're going to talk about Doctor Who. So we're going to talk about Doctor Who for 20 minutes and 20 minutes only. Um, and once the, uh, timer makes its timer sound, um, and we do the wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Um, we got to stop talking, even if we are mid-sentence. Starting right now. <gasps> so you, I mean, you look, uh, the implications in Flux are like weird. What, what do you think overall? I think that, uh, I'm still, I don't know. I'm like, I like the it ended and I was like, that was a really good episode. And I was like, this is a really good, like it tied it up nicely in a nice little bow. But I'm also like, what? <laughs> when I was younger and like a naive Doctor Who watcher, I would try to like figure out um, how they were connect. Like every time like some like big alien thing would happen in the show that affected like things on a global scale uh, a news article would like be shown or something where um like people think it's just a hoax or people just like it's like oh yeah that was a government trick uh which is like to me that was semi-realistic it's like okay yeah maybe there wasn't a big spaceship over uh london maybe it was you know just a weather balloon um so i could feasibly believe that it was taking place in like the real world and there was like a continuity sort of established that tied it to that and um then when they would do like kind of like time skip stuff where uh when matt smith took over they jumped to like the current year because if things had been happening like one year after another yeah through like tenant then we'd still be in like 2006 <laughs> or something like that yeah. right um and so they jumped jumped ahead to like present year uh and it's still, like, I don't know, he did a thing, Matt Smith did a thing where he, like, erased his name from, like, a database. So like, he's he said he's making a little too much noise, time to step back into the shadows. And to me, these things all like, kind of make sense. Is the implication in Flux that um, most of the universe is dead? I think the... Imp like, got murdered? Or, yeah, was in the process of, like, getting murdered, because it sounds like... At least the during the while, yeah, the implication was that the Earth was one of the last places left because everybody was, yeah, going there because uh, the Santarans had made the broadcast to all of the enemies of the Santarans um, to come here and we'll put aside our differences for sanctuary right now so you could all be safe and then they proceeded to just like obliterate like the cybermen and the daleks and well then the Santarans got tricked and got obliterated as well yeah. 
which means their entire civilizations are gone. But they're not really gone because right? they're. Don't we like murder off all of the Daleks like every few years and who? And then all of a sudden there's like two um, or three that are left and you're like, where did you come from? Well, plot device. And then you're like, okay, yeah, then oh, now there's a bajillion Daleks again because sure. And you just roll with it because that's what the Daleks do. Yeah. But until that little MacGuffin happens, uh, is the implication that like there are no more Daleks, Cybermen or Santarans or dog people. Oh, yeah, there's only one dog person left. Yeah, trigger warning for genocide. And you're, do- I mean, if you're watching Doctor Who, you're just kind of part of the course. I mean, you get used to it. Um, but yeah, you're just kind of like, that's a little sad. It was, it was pretty sad, yeah. Um, I mean, over as an overall story arc, though, like I thought like it did well. Like this could have been just like a three-parter instead of a six-parter, if we're being real. Um... I mean, it felt very frantic to me. Um, and none of it is like my favorite episodes of Doctor Who are like the low, lower stakes ones, you know? The character driven ones. Yeah. Um, whereas like this is like universe wide calamity stopping. And it's like, yeah. Like, I, I feel like it's, it's, Doctor, I, I worry that Doctor Who's been influenced too much by, like, Marvel. And that everything's got to be this big, crazy, uh, world-ending cataclysm. Uh, instead of just, you know, maybe we're just chilling in Cardiff and we got to stop the ghosts. Um, no, I agree. I think that... Well, I mean, I feel like that Doctor Who, though, always feels like it needs to end on some weird, like, big cataclysmic, like, this is what the whole storyline's been building up to. I think, like, why uh, the Eccleston's... Well, Flux opened with it. Yeah, but I mean, like, why, like, Eccleston's run was so nice is because we hit, by the time we hit the end of the series, you're like, oh, shit, this was all going on the whole time, but I didn't even realize it. Wow. Yeah, and with Tenant, it was just a slow build over time, just little nibbles here and there until a big finale. And this was like, we're going to open with this huge thing, and then it's going to be a mystery for a while, and then it's going to be this huger thing. I mean, I did appreciate a little bit of like what the mystery was. Like I yeah, no, no, I I get that. Like yeah. I like I felt like those last guess- couple of episodes, you're like. Like, the second to last episode really drew me in, because I was like, oh, oh, we're doing this. I like it when the doctor is calm and confident and giving a speech, and I feel like they didn't let her do that. No, they didn't, and that's unfortunate, um, because the big, like, Doctor Who speeches are some of my favorites. Um, yeah. Like, Capaldi had a really good one. Um, yeah. He has many really good ones. He does. I mean, the one I'm thinking of uh, was the one where they had to, like, press a button. Yeah. That was a really good one. He, I, I, could, I could almost recite it. <laughs> I believe you could. No. And so it was that speech. But uh, the reason why I think it's even a better speech is because I got to hear John Hurt do it at the Doctor Who uh, convention. 
Oh, that's nice. They yeah. just gave him random. They just kept handing him papers. They're like, the doctor's known for these great speeches. So we're just going to hand you these. And so he read different speeches from all of the doctors. And then that was the last one he read. And it was like, ooh, goose pimples. It was so good. It's like, yeah, it's like, you you call this a war? I fought in a bigger war than you could ever believe. I've lost more people than you could ever imagine. Like, it's it's just very, it's poetry, yeah. you know? No, it was real good. Real good. Um, But I just, I mean, and I get that it's like, it's it's only six episodes. There's a lot going on. And yeah, a core tenant of Doctor Who is frantically running around. Well, and it was also being shot during, like, a panorama. So you have a lot of, like, there'll be moments when I'm, like, uh, like, I'll be watching it and actively go, I get why they're doing it this way because you only have a handful of people and a bunch of CGI and that's smart. Um, Because they needed to follow COVID restrictions and go through things to make things safe. And I'm, like... Okay, I get it. This would probably be a little bit better if they could have one made it a whole season. Um, been able to splice things together with more characters um, to make it make sense. Because, I mean, there are some characters who, like, like what's her name? Uh, the wife of the dude who had the baby. She was pregnant. Uh, Belle. Yeah. Um, Bell. Yes. She was like. I was gonna say Rose, <laughs> Rose, Rose Tika, because <laughs> that's who she reminds me of. I literally almost said the same thing. I was like, yeah, no. Uh, but she was off there kicking it in space by herself for a lot of it, and it was compelling. It was interesting. I'm like, you're doing this because you have to limit people's interactions, and she can shoot. A whole, like, all day just by herself. Mm-hmm. And that's smart. Um, but overall, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. Is it going to go down in history as, like, the best Doctor Who season? No. Is it going to go down as, like, no. the worst Doctor Who season? No. Uh, I mean, lore drop-wise, it's like, I don't know, we're doing weird things outside of the universe, which the rules don't exist and you just make it all up um that first late is she like the last of the time lords now well not anymore because she died but would uh tes tesla tesline what was her name um tamriel mom turmeric yeah mom <laughs> she she would have been the last of the time lords at the period that this took place right I mean, I think so. Like, because the doctor is technically not. Yeah, I'm still not sure how I feel about that choice, but I'm like, sure, whatever. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it either. I don't know how I feel about the whole division thing. Um, like, it just, it seems, I don't know. I get what they're going like it's a it's a mystery thing but again I think the doctor is best when like it's other characters who are the confused ones and the doctor is the confident one who like knows about aliens and stuff No I agree um I think though that like being the clever one I think that whereas here yeah. it's like they're putting her in a position and it doesn't do anything at all 
to help the fact that people like already are kind of hesitant about uh this doctor still i think just being a woman which is dumb she's been doing fine um yeah jody whitaker is a I great mean, the actor. writing isn't great i mean the pro- she's fantastic yeah no i think um i do think that the choice of making her not technically a time lord but still having like the regeneration powers and stuff came from her means that every rule we thought we knew about time lords and the doctor we can throw at the window and this can go on forever yeah but it could already have gone on forever i mean it already could have gone on forever we're past the 12th regeneration we are but there's which was a dumb rule they yeah well, I mean, because they had to try to add some sort of level of, like, mortality, I guess, to the doctor. Um, but we don't really care. Sure. Um, but I'm here on IMDb. Um, as you do. And it looks like, according to this, there's going to be an episode. I guess we're not getting an official Christmas episode because there's going to be an episode on January No, 1st. the last couple of years have been holiday holiday episodes on New Year's. Yeah, so it'll be January 1st. I don't know if it's a... I, it, they, it might be a give us an extra two weeks of production time under the guise of, well, everybody celebrates the holidays. I mean, it could be. So it'll be January 1st and it'll be Eve of the Daleks. Yeah, which I think is just another sequel to the last two Christmas or holiday specials. Yeah, probably. Um, and then we have episode 13.8 and then uh, the centenary special. Yeah. Which I'm looking forward to, I think, because that should be pretty good. I mean, I haven't heard any rumors surrounding this one yet. But... And then I am... I mean, I, I love the last one. The 50th? That one That one yeah. was just fun. Um, it was absolutely a blast. So, if, just clicking on it, it shows, which isn't always a adequate thing, because sometimes it'll report things that are just wrong. Uh, but uh, according to INDB... It does. It will feature Joe Martin, who's been playing the Fugitive Doctor. Interesting. I mean, if we could get some answers about that, that would be nice. I think. I would love to know more about her because it feels like they've been they've been dangling in since like the last. It feels like two years since they dropped the Fugitive Doctor in our laps, right? Um, we first met her the last season. Which was like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's but it was only like towards the end of last season, but um. And it's those those I mean I those seasons I haven't I've rewatched like a bunch of Doctor Who over the course of the last you know decade. <laughs> um, the last decade that was only like the last like eighteen months. <laughs> well. Also, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, since it, since two thousand five yeah. or whatever, I've, I've rewatched a lot of that. Um, but I've rewatched like really any of Jody's, partly because it's. I mean, the, the writing just isn't there as much, and this is a problem with uh, some of Smith and some of Capaldi as well. Just like I think subpar writing for Doctor Who. Uh, I had a friend actually who uh, 
messaged me like almost in tears laughing at the ridiculousness of the uh there's like a rosa parks episode oh yeah do you remember yep. that one where at the end to sort of like tie it all up and like pin it with a bow they were like oh there's a new meteor in the sky we'll name it rosa parks yeah and he just thought that that was just a really dumb thing to do. I mean, because it was, it was unfortunate because the whole, the episode as a whole was like, took on a whole bunch of really good concepts and racism and uh, like all of these like things. And like the doctor was like traveling with, uh, you know, a... Um, a companion who was a person of like two different companions that, that are people of color and to mm-hmm. have them go into America at this time, which is not a good spot to be in Montgomery in 1955. And you're like, Oh God, it's a terrible place for you to be. Probably black man. the worst place to be a black person. Um, and then also to be this black person who has a white man as a grandfather, um, like, you're like, oh, man, we're really tackling these things. We're really, like, seeing what this means to this person and then to end it like that. I was like, why? Why? Why would you undo all of this? It was just, it was, it was upsetting. Um, and then, oh, God, what was... I'm trying to remember the season of... Doctor Who, it was a Capaldi season where, like, you got, like, half the episodes because, like, half of them were two-parters. Over half of them were two-parters. Yeah, there were a lot of two-parters that didn't need to be, like, in existence. Oh, or the god-awful one where the, the monster was the gunk that is the sleep in the corner of your eye? Yeah, that's a stupid... I feel like we don't talk about that enough. And maybe we've mentioned it before and it's still not enough. The gunk, like, alien episode is stupid. Like, there have been episodes where we were, like, people are, like, no, that's the worst episode ever. Like, what was the one that was those that, like, fear uh, fear him or something like that? Like. I don't remember that one. It was, oh, God, which one is it? It was. Fear, fear her. It's the one where they go during the Olympics and they're like sucked into the TV. Oh, yeah. And there's like a little girl. This little girl. And like the people are being like sucked into televisions and like it was really then, disjointed. It yeah. made no sense. That one was like hailed as. I actually saw a, a hilarious behind the scenes clip where like the, there's a really dramatic moment in that episode where like uh, the doctor looks at Rose. It's a Rose episode. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, she just her all the features of her face have been wiped away because she got sucked into the TV, yep. um, and he just like really dramatically has to like look at look at that reveal and like we see it and it's it's he's it's very well acted. Um, looking at what that looked like without special effects, she's just got a bunch of like dumb like pins on her face because it's uh like uh, uh what is it motion capture kind of tech or whatever. Yeah. Like little pinpoints to for the software to like pick up where uh, it needs to be, and she's just making faces at him the whole time. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Um, 
Um, but yeah, that's a bad of the sleep gunk's a bad episode. Yeah, no. Well, so Fear um, Her is on IMDb as rated as a five point nine, and Sleep No More, which is our illustrious uh, episode that we are talking about. Hold on, um, I think it's nope. I think it's season nine. Is a five point eight, and most everything around it, like on both seasons, are rated at least as like for the Capaldi season, at least the lowest next lowest one I see is a seven point four. And yeah, all of the meanwhile, there's episodes where everybody's fat turns into cute little fat babies. The adipose episode. Yeah, I love the adipose. Yeah, like why why do we why is there such a huge like leap between good episodes and bad episodes? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean cuz we're sitting here and Yeah, you have uh fear her. That's the timer. Ugh, okay. <laughs> Damn it. I guess we don't get to hear the rest of your thoughts. We don't want want. But you know what we can do? Take a break. Take a break? (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. Okay. And we're back, 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 back again. Indeed. Um, let's talk about some Hawkeye. I would absolutely love to talk about Rogers the Musical. Sorry, Hawkeye. <laughs> um, oh, did you see in the, uh, for Spider-Man, they released, like, the first, like, minute of the, of the movie, and it's really just them like flying through the air again and they pass by a rogers the musical uh poster like billboard or something i didn't but i'm happy i'm happy that that happened um so because i saw it and i was like rogers the musical god if they like they gotta produce it now right <laughs> one night only it can only it could even just be one night only um film like, i know there's more of it out there no just do a live play like no i mean like they'll, it'll be like a one night only a full thing like they did with bombshell from smash like just like a one night only they go through the whole story do the whole thing i mean i'm still holding out that because like allegedly like episode five is supposed to be like a big episode and Part of me is like, okay, they'll announce like the big bad or, you know, uh, Kingpin confirmed or whatever it is that they want to do. It's secretly Mephisto. I don't care. Um, but the other part of me is like, do I get, to, can I watch Adam Pascal sing somewhere on my Marvel content? Cause that'd be cool. Another, yeah. another, no, no, I've listened to that song a bunch of times. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like I've downloaded it on my Apple music. Like I'll just randomly like, I'll be driving and I'll just like yell at my phone to to play Save the City. Yeah, it's like the one song that they paid for or like paid to make as well. Because the rest of this show is like they're really uh, 
like chipping in on the the uh, public domain Christmas songs as the music. Oh yeah, no, I was. Uh, what was so it? many times I'm just like I'm I'm doing a huge eye roll when the background music to Hawkeye is just a Christmas carol. Oh yeah, no, like you do know they paid good money to get the uh, what was it the Carol of the Bells because that one's like not public domain, but like otherwise though, but yeah, they've just been like, yeah, that's the Christmas song we can throw in here that won't cost us a whole lot of money. Yeah. We spent a lot oh, of money. Sometimes it's diegetic. Maybe the maybe the characters are just listening to Christmas music. It is Christmas, you know. <laughs> I mean, they spent a lot of money making that Pym arrow for to make the giant arrow hit the bridge. Yeah, which again, fantastic sequence. Like, oh my god. Uh, no, I was watching. Was that this episode that we're talking about? I honestly, I should look at the notes. No, that was the previous um, episode. Uh, okay. So I should look for the one that we're talking about today, which, yeah, they all end on, I don't like that they all end on a cliffhanger. If it's not bingeable and you're not like, well, I guess, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a very classic TV thing to do to end on a like dumb cliffhanger. Yeah. That's the thing that TV, TV Um, shows used to do all the time is that you'd have like a funky cliffhanger and then that would like make you want to queue in for the next, next week. Um, they kind of got away from it because makes, it didn't make sense because you would just watch all the episodes in like a day anyway because everything was being streamed, yeah. but they're getting, getting back into it. Uh, but this one didn't end on a cliffhanger. Well, I mean, like last week's did because um, they're like, oh, no, it's Jack and he has the Ronin sword. He has a sword. on. Ho- oh, my gosh. And he says, Archer. <laughs> um. Which is great. I also I love the like, I know he's like a an absolute douche canoe and a bad guy, but I I love uh, the characterization of Jack when he he'll just like say a phrase wrong. Oh, I think he's so charming. I think he's doing such a good job yeah. with this part, and um, I think that yeah, I cannot wait for him to die tragically. <laughs> I mean, especially because I'm gonna be so sad. Especially because they really are trying to paint him to be, like, possibly this villain that's, like, this, like, affable villain. When you're like, no, like, there's really, like, clearly there's something sus about the mom. Like, moms haven't, there's something going on with mom. But, uh... Yeah, she owns a security company. I don't trust her. I mean, duh. And so, like... I, I'm waiting for this big, like, redemption moment for Jack, and then, yeah, like, he, like have him die tragically or something. Um, also, I still want to point out that Brian Darcy James is in the first episode of Hawkeye, and we haven't seen him again, and I'm really disappointed that they're going to under- underutilize such a great actor like Brian Darcy James, so there better be some more flashbacks, or that man better still be alive. I could have sworn I saw, and let me spoil it for myself, like on IMDb, that he was listed in multiple episodes. Maybe they just didn't know and they were like putting it, they were doing it wrong. I mean, because it could have been because I think anybody can update those IMDb's. True. I mean. But yeah, I mean, honestly, he should have been playing the Hulk, right? (laughs) I mean. On Broadway. on Broadway. Yeah, no, absolutely he should have been the Hulk. Because that would have been, oh god, I can picture him singing those notes and it would have been gorgeous. 
Yeah. Oh, I love him so much. Um, no, but I'm hoping he comes back either in this episode or the next episode. Um, to like find out something more about him because like clearly the like mom had something to do with this. Um, but let's see what else. Oh, I really liked uh, Cake trying to help make Clint feel like a little bit more like Christmas because he, she, yeah. she like in the previous episode she heard like all of the things that they were supposed to be doing for for Christmas. So he, she's trying to bring Christmas. Well, and since since the big car chase, she like understands now that like, uh, she kind of fucked up by putting that costume on. Yeah, and now uh, like. And now he's like, he he could easily just leave, right? He could, he he's an Avenger. He could get on a plane. And he could fly home to his family and kiss Linda Cardellini, like we all want to. <laughs> but he doesn't. He stays in New York to help her, and also to come to retrieve a watch that they talked about in German. Which are we? Do you do you have any theories on the watch? I have so many theories about this watch that I don't know what to do with myself. But right now, the theory is uh, that Linda Cardellini is actually like a retired badass superhero. Because because she seemed to be real good at spycraft. Is that it? Yes, I mean, part of it could be, okay, she's been married to Clint for however many years and has probably had to adapt and become better at being well, the I, married to, like, like being in from the From the start, why would, why would badass super spy Clint, like, marry a normal woman? I mean, when your best friend is Natasha Romanoff, like, you obviously have really high expectations for the women in your life. So I would love to find out that Linda Cardellini is, like, a former, like shield agent um and has like retired after her and clint got married and maybe she gets pregnant she's like okay we gotta stop because i'm gonna start a family you keep saving the world and doing what you gotta do and help us you know make our money to stay afloat and um i'm gonna give it up and we're gonna go live on a farm in the middle of nowhere and that's what happens and that watch is like because he was like i don't think the watch is hers like, or, like, it has information on her. Like, because it was a ma- man's watch, so maybe it, like, belonged to somebody else and it has that information. Either that or it used to belong to St- Tony Stark. I mean, I, I, my thought was, like, is that is is that Phil Coulson's watch? <laughs> What's he up to? I don't know. I stopped watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a really long time ago, so I don't know what Phil Coulson was up to. Um, but... That would be sad if that was Phil Coulson's watch. Um, the other idea is that it could belong to somebody, like, it could be Nick Fury's watch, and it has to do with scrolls, um, because that's coming out soon, because Secret Invasion's on its way. Well, I guess, has Nick Fury been publicly dead since Winter Soldier? Is that correct? Um, I'm thinking. Because I want to say... I'm going through the ta- my Nick Fury timeline. Because now, now that I think about it again, like it could easily be Nick Fury's watch because he's technically been dead to the public since... Uh, Winter Soldier. 
Yeah. It could be. I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of theories on the watch, and I'm hoping at some point it pays out. But obviously it's a big deal because Linda Cardellini yeah. knows about the watch. And also, I'm just really happy and exciting, excited because we were texting about this like two weeks ago. You're like, is is she only going to be a phone call? She better be in this more. Yeah. And she's way in this. She's still like, li- like they're criminally. Un- they're still criminally underutilizing Linda Cardellini. No, I agree. But I think that she um, I think I remember seeing in a trailer for the whole series that at one point they're together in New York at Rockefeller Center going to a party. So okay. I think she so makes it she, to New York. Maybe she shows up. Nice. What is it? Maybe that maybe that'll happen tonight. It might happen tonight. It's either going to be tonight or next week. Because next week's the last episode. Yeah. And then today's or the cliffhanger at the end of this episode was uh uh she what's her name? Yelena is it Yelena? Yelena. Yeah. Yeah, she popped up and we're like, oh yeah, you're in this show. <laughs> Cause you were in the end credits of Black Widow. Um, and what crack like cause it's one of those moments like as I was watching watching it happen, it took me almost an awkward amount of time to go, oh my god, that's going to be Yelena. Because I'm watching it going, because you hear the, uh, like, him having, like, beating I mean, somebody up, and you're before, like, oh, fuck, before, it's Echo. Like, taser. You're like, and then all of a sudden, Kate's like, nope, here she is. And I'm like, oh, no, there she is. It's like, who's out there then? And then I was like, oh, is it? I, is at the it, entire time, I was thinking, like, okay, where's Yelena going to show is up? Is it her friend? Gonna, Who is it? She better show up soon. <laughs> Because, like, if she's just a bit part in this, like, that would suck if she was just, like, I would hope that she showed up earlier, but. Because there's so few episodes, you know? I mean, yeah, but I think they're setting her up for more cool things to do. Um, Right, yeah. So I think we're just getting a taste of her here. Um, But I'm also hoping she's prominent in the next few episodes. But I don't know. We got a lot to wrap up, like with like tonight's episode of next week. It's true. Yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight's episode. So I hope you all enjoyed it as you're listening to this <laughs> or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I hope you all enjoyed it yesterday, and I hope y'all enjoy Spider Man tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happens when you record things in the which past should, which should be today right well because this will come out what we'll be seeing spider-man today when this comes out but not everybody will be seeing spider-man today because the official release will be tomorrow yeah tell it to the cleaning lady on monday <laughs> Oh, yeah, but we'll, um, fear not, friends, we will give you our spoiler-free, oh, my God, or, uh, okay, um, (laughs) response after the movie, um, without any spoilers at all, which will be us going, can confirm and deny nothing, 
but it's good. It is a good, it is a bad movie. It is a good movie. It's. It was meh. It was a movie, like. We will, we will, we will, there will be a video message from your favorite podcast host and me. <laughs> uh, talking about Spider-Man. And we will vaguely talk about Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, do we uh, have recaps? Um, we do not have a Miranda recap, but um, as we get closer to the holidays, um, Miranda's been busy doing like living her best acting life. So um, we're gonna let her continue to live her acting life, and I'll check in with her when I see her at our staff party on Friday. Exciting. Um. And JJ's not here to catch up on the nanny, but I can see from our notes that when he comes back, he'll have lots of nanny things to talk about. So get excited, friends. Looks like it, yeah. But um, we didn't watch the nanny. For everybody who's excited about that segment where he uh, catches up on the nanny. Um, so instead of catching up on the nanny, we're going to catch up on the Wheel of Time. Ooh, uh, I have only seen two episodes. And I've seen all of them so far, which is rare for the two of us. How many are there? (laughs) Um, I've seen five episodes. I gotta, actually, I'm checking right now. Okay, so there's five, so I have a little bit of catching up. Yeah. Um. Although I'm gonna look this up right now and see if I'm behind an episode or not. I think I've read part of one of the books. I don't remember if I've spend any amount of time with the wheel of time novel series it's just so oh, long no, there's six episodes out right like... now and i have seen all six because i was like wait there's six i've seen it um dope and my headphones are being dumb right now so hold on Holding. I'm going to try talking to you into the phone like a normal human because my headphones are cutting out. All right. <laughs> as long as that doesn't affect your end of the recording, I think it should be fine. Um, It does not rec- affect the recording because I don't record through the headphones. Cool, 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 cool. Um... What was I going to say? Yeah, The Wheel of Time. Not, I'm not super familiar with the book series either. I know it exists. I know it's important. It's like one of those foundational texts for uh, like nerd fantasy culture. Yes, that's about as much as I knew about the books going in also. <laughs> and there's like a million of um, them. Yeah, there are a lot. And I think they... Uh, the last ones had to be completed by a different author because the author, like, he spent his life writing them. That's gonna that's gonna be and what happened died. to Game of Thrones. Still waiting. Uh, honestly, do you think that's gonna come out ever? What was the last thing you heard about the Game of Thrones books? Oh, the last time I heard that the Game of Th- about the Game of Thrones book of Thrones book coming out, I was still teaching preschool. Yeah, I have not heard anything about those books in a long time. 
sorry, I'm so- sorry to be the one to give you this news. I know. But I don't I don't think it's ever going to happen. Want want. But we're not talking about games. No, we're right here now. to talk Is about Wheel of subject? Time. We could we'd be here all day. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a very, I mean, it starts off as like one of those, uh, it, it reminds me of Legend of the Seeker or Merlin, uh, young people coming of age kind of thing, big monsters, some magic, great mystery. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so far the, ba- so, I mean, where you're at, I mean, and I mean, even where I'm at, the basic premise is that. Uh, there are, there is a magic user who can save all of magic and their universe. And they're trying to figure out who it is because they were born at a specific time. So it's going to be somebody who is of a certain age, like 26 or something like that, and is able to, um, channel the one power, um, to do the magic to save everybody because they are the dragon reborn. Yeah. The previously to defeat evil, there was a guy who was really dope at casting spells called the dragon. And he has now been reincarnated into one of these four youths. Um, and, they don't know which one it is. It's the it's the dude. It's the main character. I don't know. They do a really good. It's the guy we open the show with. Well, because there's there's the dude and then there's the girl, and then there's the other dude and the other dude. I know you're talking yeah. about the redheaded dude, right? Yeah, he's the main character. I'm pretty sure it's it's like it's him. It's him in the books. It's him. I don't know. They could switch it up, sure, but like I'm expecting it to be him. I mean, it's probably him, or Red-headed there's the guy. like, or it's like all of them together. He watched his father maybe die. It was a little unclear. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, you still have like, because then they have like, have they Bad left on their like Dora like the Explorer water. adventure yet? Yeah, and then they met the uh, the weirdos in the woods. In the white. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, they're like collecting uh witch thumbs or something. The I don't rings. Know. It was weird. Cuz that's like they're they're yeah. rings that Which I I do appreciate a uh, slow world building where you're kind of just uh introduced to people villains or whatever um slowly. Yeah. Like that is something I appreciate in my in my fantasy. There's like I know a lot of things that I'm picking up and inferring by watching and listening to those people rather than somebody just being saying like, "Oh, well these are the questionnaire guys and they don't like magic and so they uh trick you and ask you a bunch of stupid riddles and if you answer wrongly, uh they'll uh kill you and take your ring." Yeah, but you get all that through like subtext as opposed to them being like exactly sign of like a quality show no and they do this with all of the characters that you meet which is really nice like that like so far within these first six episodes it's been it's been a slow burn to get started um 
because I've talked to somebody who said like they watched like the first two episodes and they weren't sure if they were sold on it yet. And I was like, no, 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 it's slow burn, but it like it twists and turns pretty quickly. Um, because I think the third episode is where shit really starts picking up, and you're like, oh. Um, I think my favorite episode was episode five, four or five, because then it's like it's really hitting its stride, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, it's really well done. It's really well done, and I really like it. Yeah, well, I will look forward to it. And um, if we have another j- day when JJ can't come on, you'll hear us talk about more of the Wheel of Time. Because otherwise... Um, the Wheel of Time. <laughs> Wheel of Time. Turn, turn, turn. What is the lesson that we have learned? <laughs> um, the big wheel keeps on turning. Uh the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. I think that's their phrase. I think that's the tagline. Yeah. So, so say we all, um, also try saying that four times fast. Cause like <laughs> my mouth went, what are we doing? The wheel weaves with the wheel wants. Wool, wheel, weevil, weevil, wheel. <laughs> Cause weevils wobble and they wheels. won't fall down. Yep. That's, that's new tagline for the show. <laughs> um it might actually be the episode title of this episode (laughs) i'm okay with that um but like we wheel of times wobble but they don't fall down absolutely um and on that weird tangent um let's take a break Oh my god, I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna. Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center? Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember. If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid. That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center at 916-606-0687. License number 0202-1378. I don't have to put in music if the transition back to the episode is musical. Welcome back. That was a journey. I'm glad we made it, though. <laughs> it's, uh, um, from, my, from my new book, Strategies of a Lazy Sound Designer. <laughs> Available nowhere books are sold. Can I do less? <laughs> um, let's talk about some things that are coming up. Excitement. Um, yeah, there were some really good trailers that uh, we were looking at. Um, and one that's um, not even a trailer yet. Um, but something that no, yeah, it's just the idea. But but it is the concept. It is a thing that um is near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, Firefly. Um, it is yeah. now owned by Disney. Fantastic show. I think it's I think it's streaming somewhere. Stop listening to this. Go watch all of Firefly. Love it. It won't take you long. There was far too few episodes. Then watch the movie. It's, it's true. Um, but Disney now owns Firefly, and because Disney now owns Firefly, because Disney bought out Fox, they decided they're going to do a Firefly Firefly reboot sometime in twenty twenty two. 
And um, the most important part of all of it, Joss Whedon, not a part of it at all. Yeah, which is, I mean, good. I mean, I don't know. 12, 10, yeah, 20 years ago, if you, or 18 years ago, if you told me that, I would probably be like, wait, what? That's crazy. How could you do without him? Uh, but now I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't, don't we don't talk about him anymore. We don't know him. <laughs> he can't sit with us. <laughs> we, we, we learned what he did. We're, we're better than that now. We are better than that now. Um, but we're excited to see what happens, where it goes. Uh, believe you me, if there's a trailer, I'm going to make JJ watch it and he won't understand any of it, but that's fine. Yeah, I think it's an interesting universe to do a series out of still. Like, just the, uh, um, I don't know, the current Earth future, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind. Like 500 years from now, what are we like? Well, I mean, and it's also one of those things is that we have all of these characters that we love and appreciate that we got to meet on this show. And we could even dial it back and really delve into how those characters really met and what that war was like that we kept hearing about that we never really saw a whole lot of. Yeah. Or, I mean, just the idea, because a lot of sci-fi will take, uh, oh, yeah, we're from future future society that Axlin does stuff way different than like you as the viewer are aware of uh or like dune where it's you know 10 million years in the future yeah but firefly was it was like 500 years in the future it was uh it was all pretty grounded in like how people act yeah there wasn't a whole lot of uh extraneous culture and a cupcake dress yeah absolutely <laughs> Which allowed it to, to have that really Old West kind of yeah. feel. Um, of the only other shows that I think that are kind of like that uh, are, are, they're both anime, Outlaw Star and Cowboy Bebop, where it's sort of just like a spacefaring, uh, I mean, it just, it has like, a, it has the feel of a Western because things are just like gritty. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I'm optimistic because it's Firefly and I'll take any I'll take any Firefly content they can give us. No, I think so. Like and I mean like the little article that uh, we had on here, which I also love that JJ was the one to post this article, not me. Um <laughs> because he was like this is important for culture. I understand that. <laughs> um but the little article was saying that like it's speculated that it's not going to be as gritty. Or as extreme as it was when it first came out, just because it will be on Disney Plus, so it's probably gonna dial it back a little bit, make it a little bit more family friendly. Um, but as long as it still has like its edge and is still, you know, a space western, I'm down. Yeah. Cause really that's the only one I want a space western. And I mm-hmm. want sarcastic characters that have good chemistry. And I swear to God, if Nathan Fillion That's, isn't in at least an episode, in a cameo at minimum. Oh, they're just, they're going to get him in at least something. You know they will. By get him. Like, he, he is aware he, that this is happening and he has been on the phone with Disney every day. <laughs> like, let's be real. He loves this character. <laughs> yeah, no, he absolutely loves. There was a big petition to, like, raise money to, get, like, uh, have him be the rights owner. <laughs> Like five or six years ago. Yeah. Um. 
But uh, other other things going on. Did you watch the? I'm I'm assuming that this is on here because you also watched the Game Awards, uh, an award so show online just for video games. Um, where they exclusively premiered the world premiere of the Sonic the Hedgehog two trailer. So that's gonna be a no. I watched the trailer <laughs> after it was clipped. <laughs> Well, you didn't miss much. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure it was thrilling. And we all know my deep, 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 deep love of video games. I mean, Jason Schwartzman, or what's his name? Is that his name? Is that the actor's name who plays Sonic? Is Is it? Ben Schwartz? What's his name? Ben Schwartz. Why did I call him? That's a different guy. I just I just called him a different guy. Ben Schwartz came out like on stage and introduced the trailer. Um, he commended all of the game fans in the audience for uh, making like throwing a huge fit about like Sonic's original design, making them go back and change it. He he said that was a really good call. You know, I did see uh, the bits before that, so I did see the his bit before the the trailer played. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, the, the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie I thought was really good and really charming. Oh yeah. I really loved, I really and loved it, the first Sonic movie. I thought it was, like you said, it was charming. It was, it was silly. It didn't take itself too seriously. Was it a little predictable? Sure. But it's a movie aimed for children about a blue hedgehog that goes really fast. Jim Carrey was delightful. Jim Carrey it was at his ultimate like pinnacle Jim Carreyness, and it was everything I wanted and more. And I think he's gonna be even better in this one. It looks like. Ugh. So the Sonic Two trailer. Because they like like the in the Sonic the Hedgehog the first movie, uh, he's a, he's a he's an absurd character, the villain, Doctor Robotnik, um, but he's still got to be grounded. In, like, reality, where he's, like, an actual human being from Earth who grew up and went to school and builds robots. But now, (laughs) having been exiled from the planet, and he has this big old goofy mustache. um, Oh, he's full-on cartoon villain I think he's going to be able to... I think Jim Carrey... Jim Carrey is going to be able to go, like, full uh, crazy on it. And I'm absolutely looking forward. Oh yeah, to no it. full on cartoon villain. And I'm so ready for it. I'm like, Oh my God. Like as soon as I saw him with the mustache and the goggles, I'm like, yes, yes, this is what I want. And then also we got, um, our glorious first appearance of knuckles. And I, I first, at first I didn't think we were going to get the voice. And then he speaks and he's like, does it look like I need your powers? And I'm like, oh. like even like JJ hadn't watched it as I was talking to him about it, like earlier this week. <laughs> and like, as I was explaining to it, my nipple got hard. <laughs> I I said it as soon as I saw the trailer to the people I was uh, watching the game awards with. And I've, 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 I said it back when they announced or when we found out that Idris Elba was going to be knuckles is that there's going to be a lot of people seeing Sonic 2 that are just going to like zero in and say like I want to fuck that echidna. Oh, absolutely. Um and I if you want to go back listeners to um 
our first talk of the casting of Idris Elba. The episode is called Sexy, uh, Hot Sexy British Knuckles. <laughs> it's literally Hot Sexy British Knuckles in this trailer. And that is what it is. Like, I literally, my notes on here is the link to the trailer. And it says Idris Elba is Sexy British Knuckles. Because, oh my god. Yeah. And his voice, like, he managed to make his voice, like, go even deeper. Like, well, because he's in a voice acting booth. And I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, normal, like, voice actors can. But I was like, I thought Idris Elba was just, like, a regular actor. And he just went, like, dropped it even lower. What manner of like, man oh. is this? Huh? I said, what manner of man is this? Oh, he's the perfect one. That's why he can't be James Bond. Because that's the other reason is that he's... Because he's too busy being Knuckles the Echidna. He's too busy being hot, British, sexy Knuckles the Echidna. And I'm okay with that. Also, like, as I was explaining the trailer to JJ, he was like, is it going to blow my dick off? And I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And did it? I I have not got confirmation or denial of the state of his dick yet um tune in next week for a full recap yeah play by play uh but this trailer looks fun and i'm excited like we get a fanfare of all of the uh the cool characters from last time and oh also tails is back with the original voice actor for tails yeah miles tape yeah miles tails prower and um, that's exciting. And I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I feel like Sonic the Hedgehog was the first, was the last movie I saw before the world ended in like a theater. I think it was the last movie I saw before the world ended also. Yeah. For most people I know, it was either Sonic or uh, Birds of Prey. I think Sonic was for me because I think I saw Birds of Prey before I saw Sonic. Yeah, but it's like that. Uh, I don't know. I'll always you always remember where you were when the world ended. Yes. Oh boy. Um. But uh, we got one more trailer here. Um. Speaking of other sexy British knuckles. <laughs> Um, we finally got a trailer for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, which will be releasing in April 2022. The same month as Sonic 2. <laughs> it's going to be a really sexy British month. Yeah, I'm looking forward to April next year. That's great. Uh, but yeah, uh, Secrets of Dumbledore it was a good trailer. I think you got, uh, I think Mads Milkson looks really, and again, I am... I am the person who is on this podcast team who knows who that is and loves that actor. Uh, these two, <laughs> I don't remember which episode it was, but you like did an entire time like not knowing, and I was just fuming in the corner. <laughs> uh, like how da- how dare you not know <laughs> about my main man? Well, I mean, looking through who he the is now, I'm Casino like, Royale. oh, yeah, he's that guy who always plays a bad guy. Yeah. he He's a good guy in uh, Rogue One. 
But I mean, kind of. I mean, he worked for the Empire, but like he, he's the reason there's a hole in the Death Star. There. <laughs> anyway, he looks like, and I like I, seeing him as Grindelwald. I just wish that he was always Grindelwald. Like they should. He he's a better casting choice than either uh, was it Colin Farrell. Uh, well, Colin or Johnny Depp. I well, think Johnny Depp. He's better than both of them. I think Colin Farrell did a really good job, but I think Colin Farrell also had a very specific type of role to play because he wasn't playing Grindelwald. He was playing another character, Grindelwald being another person, which I thought was like why his character yeah. was a little wonky. But I was like, and then you had the reveal to Johnny Depp, and you're like, oh, that's a little disappointing, but okay. But I'm excited for the change. I just, I mean, I think I would have been, if it was Mads the entire time, that would have been fantastic. It would have been a fantastic beast. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks, it looks like a really good time. Um, it looks like it's going to be, you know, good movement, like action, drama, and like moments of levity, like all good, like fantasy Harry Potter movies should have. Um, I love Jacob Kowalski. I love the muggle. Yeah. That man is single-handedly yeah, just, carrying the just, series on his shoulders. He's he's done lots of, like, he's a really good comic relief kind of thing. I mean, I, the main character, the guy, uh, what's his name? Eddie Shit. Redmayne? Yeah, Eddie Redmayne. I think Eddie Redmayne's a fantastic actor. Oh, yeah. Anytime I'm admiring somebody, I immediately forget their name. Yeah, I noticed that about you. <laughs> And it's uh, usually I was thinking of the name like thirty seconds before, but the moment I need to access that information, it just disappears. Well, it's like when I say, "Hey, you want to record a podcast?" and you go, "I lost all things that have happened in the past week." <laughs> yeah, like I existed this last week, and I consumed like pop culture news and like looked at uh, like like when you know, I was scrolling through Twitter, like things happened. Uh, I don't I don't remember any of them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you just edit the stuff <laughs> yeah it's like oh wait what oh yeah <laughs> um i don't know something that i've always found like kind of weirdly portrayed and i guess it's both harry potter and these fantastic beast movies harry potter can get away with it because like they're students right so like you expect like the 11 year old to not be good at spell casting in like a a uh, crazy manner. Yeah. But like when adult wizards are fighting, like it should look crazy. And in a lot of the, in these, I think it's, it, it does. Yeah. Um, it's hard to follow if you're like trying to figure out which like spells, charms and curses they're doing, but it's very vision. It's, sh- and it should be like visually, uh, appealing. Yeah. which I, I like. Yeah. Um, no, I'm excited. I think that um, I think this will help tie storylines together a little bit better, which I'm hoping. Um, I don't know. We're also still supposed to have like two more movies after this one. Yeah, which I still feels a little it's unnecessary. To be long, um, but it's fine. Um, I'm fine with Eddie Redmayne being a wizard. Um, yeah, I guess I, I was never, cause I guess the guy in the original series of like Harry Potter 
was the author of a textbook. Yeah, Newt Scamander. So the idea that he's also the main character in this, uh, like, fantastic series where he, like, defeats the most evil wizards. Yeah, so... And, like, saves the day, saves the world, saves New York. Seems a little, uh... It's, it seems like it's odd that it's him doing it. Yeah, like, I think that when I I was watching a video about this this trailer... And they were saying that when they made the first movie, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, they were making a different movie than what this series is supposed to be. Because they made a fantastic, fantastic beast and where to find them movie. And then they're like, oh shit, the story's still going. They're like, oh, well, like, I want to make more Harry Potter movies. Or Harry Potter movie set in the Harry Potter universe, but instead of just being like Harry Potter from the Wizarding World, da 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 da, they're just like, well, let's just call it Fantastic Beasts too. Yeah, and um, we'll and make I think that might, I, I don't know if that was a mistake. I mean, it is helpful that like for people, you know, if you want to sell movie tickets, it's helpful to have that continuity and have main characters be the same. Um. Yeah, I don't know. But they could have literally just been, like, had it be called, like, the Grindelwald Chronicles, and it could have followed, like, we could have had five movies knowing it was just going to be about Grindelwald instead of it having it be this big reveal at the end of been like, oh, by the way, this movie's also about Grindelwald. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Because yep. um, they could have done that. Or if they're like, we need to make a series about, you know, the Harry Potter series, but we can't actually have it be with Harry Potter anymore. I'm like, you could have made one about the Marauders. You could have made one about the founders. That would have been cool. That won't touch any characters we know. So if your your plot lines suddenly start contradicting themselves, it won't happen if the story took place, yep. you know, a couple thousand years ago. Exactly. But we get what we get. Yeah, we get hot Dumbledore. Yeah, uh, the meme that I always see is... Uh... Because of, like, how few years take place between, like, this and Hogwarts, uh, or, like, in uh, the Harry Potter franchise, it's like, when did Dumbledore switch from three-piece suits to big, frilly, fluffy robes? And when did his hair grow so long and suddenly turn white? <laughs> yep. This is a lot of aging that happens. But you know what? I don't even care. If I get to watch Jude Law in a three-piece suit with a beard, yes, please. I'll watch it. I'm here for it. Jude Law looks good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm also not feeling it on the same level that you are. That's fair. That is very fair. Did we make it to the end of uh, an episode of this podcast? We made it to the end. Just in time for me to watch Hawkeye. I know. I just looked at the time. I was like, Hawkeye actually, like... Sweet. It's perfect. Hawkeye probably is already up there um, and probably dropped like 10 minutes ago. Oh, shit. Does, do they put them out They early? put them out like 10 to 15 minutes early sometimes. I never check. I always check. Well, thanks for listening to Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You can send us an email with any and all of your opinions at nobodyaskedouropinion at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at nobodyaskedouropinion. 
Uh, you can follow Joanna at Joey Snow two thousand six, and follow JJ at Piano Man underscore o zero five. You can follow our unpaid intern Natalia at, at the Third Rule Creative, Miranda the Ten Minute Recap Master at at Miranda D Lawson, and me producer Jonathan at Jelly Sound. Rate us, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends to check us out. Join us on whatever days these come out uh, for, to hear us talk about more pop culture and movies. This is like scripted and written out, but there's little addendums I'm making because this, when's the last time we released on a Thursday or Saturday? I don't know. Well, we're going to go and Listeners watch Listeners can have a little podcast as a treat. We're going to leave and go watch Hawkeye now. So, bye. Bye.